one. For those of you out there on Twitter that thought the break yesterday under 4,300 was the best buying opportunity since 1987, well, you looked pretty good headed into the close. NASDAQ did eke out a gain, but a little bit of weakness and choppiness today. Big day for the bulls to step up. We got some bad news coming out of tech companies. That's not good. We got Mark Chaikin to give us his perspective on the market at 8.15. We're all fired up for this pre-market prep on a Thursday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to this Thursday's edition of Pre-Market Prep. Let's, let's just talk about it. We're unchanged here. Let's just call it up a buck, 43.14.50. After that big rally yesterday, we're, we're up a buck. Uh, the dollar slightly on the in the red, down 29 cents, 106.08. The bonds, the bonds were in the 113 handle, and they saw the 112 handle down a quarter point, 113 and 9.30 seconds. Crude touches 95, but now down 43 cents at uh, 93.22. Gold trying to get back over 1900 at 280.1893.70. Silver trying to get back in a 23 handle, up a dime, 22.82. Bitcoin just stuck in neutral, up $215 at $26,465. Uh, let's bring in Triple D here. And uh, Triple D, I. Uh, I don't, I'm never nervous about the markets, but I will say today's, it just feels like a big day. You had that break yesterday. You rallied back, chopped oh, yeah. up overnight. I mean, can the bulls make a stand here? Certainly not if you look some of the tech stocks today. What, what are you looking at? I, I think that, you know, again, I think we're oversold. So I think you're short in stocks now. I think you're very late to the party. I do think there's a lot more pain here ahead, though, because I think the economic numbers, and we're going to give you some examples of why I think there's more pain ahead um, in a few minutes here. But I just think that bounces are still to be sold. But I think a relief bounce here. You know, we had 50-point rally there yesterday afternoon in about an hour um, you're still not going to be, it's not like just straight down. And you know, the, I know there's a lot of victory last being taken. Everybody thinks that was the low yesterday. We got near 420, 420, uh, 422, obviously on the spy. And a lot of people were talking about 420. Mitch has been talking about that level. I think we should bring him into this conversation too. Let's bring money Mitch in. But you know, we bounced yesterday afternoon. That was a good thing. We're backing and filling a little bit here this morning, Joel. I think if you wanted to take a shot, you could lean on those lows, but it's hard to get all bullish. I have bought zero stocks in my long-term portfolio. I actually sold a stock out of my long-term portfolio yesterday. So I sold my PXD. I'm out of my oil because, like, if I'm going to call for an economic downturn, I don't think oil is going to be at all-time highs. So I actually sold my last oil stock. You know, I sold Oxy a little while ago. I sold out of PXD. I have no oil stocks left now, um, which may be a mistake, but cash is prudent. And I think on rallies, and it was a pretty big rally here for a lot that of oil stocks. That was a big stocks. one, man. Oh yeah, man. I think it was well, a gift. I think it was a gift. I think it was uh, the calm before the economic storm. So, I know we're going to get some economic numbers. Data, GDP, PCE, yep. we're going to get yep. some stuff here coming. More information. Maybe we change our mind, and maybe we get back in these stocks. But selling the rip has been working pretty much for two months straight. So, that was a hell of a rip on oil yesterday. I think it's a selling opportunity, too. All right, we got a lot of news as opposed to yesterday. Uh, so let's bring in Mitch and uh, let's see where you want to start. I mean, yeah. So first thing text. I just first thing I just want to start off with just an economic outlook, right? What is going to come in today? We'll get the final second quarter GDP number. We'll get jobless claims, pending home sales data today, um, and just to make things better. 
we'll get some Fed speak, right? Um, at 9 a.m., we'll get Fed's Gooseby, uh to be speaking. But everyone's going to be watching for after the bell. At 4 to 5 p.m., you'll have Jerome Powell speaking. So, Dennis, I know that you'll be at your desk and ready to see what the hell happens what, what after hours. What time is he speaking hour. at? At 4 to 5. Holy, so that's right in like Eastern. the power hour of after hours. We're going to get some movement, hopefully. I love movement. It's what I want yep. is movement. Break, make the VIX great again. That's what we want. And and to make things even better, tomorrow we'll get to PCE report. And has the market been looking ahead, right? Because, of course, we've been seeing oil prices and we can take a look at crude right now, Joel. It seems like <sighs> this is staying hot. And, of course... Where was this PCE report taken? Where was the data taken on here? Will we see a massive jump in this inflation report? Crude certainly not singling a, a major recession here. There's just a, a a lot of different. I mean, it's if you look at it, crude got over ninety five bucks, ninety five oh three. Today's a little bit of a red candle. The fact that it did get uh, did get over ninety five, but. You're just looking at the crude market, nothing else. You got your blinders on. It's not saying that a recession is coming, but uh, big move. Dennis, you said you sold your oil stocks. I know Exxon uh, Mobil made a new all-time high yesterday. Yeah. And uh, boy, that's just, it's just been a freight train. Yeah, and a lot of stocks. I mean, the oil stocks were fantastic, and we did well on them. Um, day trade that oxy off the 58 was just amazing. The day trade, remember, I had a day trade, swing trade, <laughs> and long term portfolio. I was tripled, you did it all, man. Tripled all up three off hats. The 58, and and now I'm all out of it all. And I'm hoping it comes back down there eventually. I'll get back down, down and dirty at the Warren level 56 to 58 because that's his buy zone. Uh, but let's go to you know some evidence that maybe tougher times could possibly be ahead. And you still have a lot of stocks that are priced for basically perfection. I want to go to Workday, not Micron first, but Workday, because Work. it had an analyst day. Mitch, give us the details here. Uh, stock is getting absolutely hammered. Give us the details. Workday stated on its financial analyst day that it was lowering its target for growth in the annual subscription revenues in the range of 17 to 19% and their fiscal 27 year from its prior target of more than 20% growth. The company expects an adjusted operating margin of 25% and has forecasted operating cash flow margins of around 30% in fiscal year 27. So definitely starting to see a hit and this was given on their financial analyst day. So they slightly, and I mean slightly, reduce their expectations for their margins here and um the revenue growth so annual subscriptions revenue growth let's just quantify this again and say it slowly they were expecting 20 percent. they're lowering that and this is for 20 like this is not for this year it's for next year i believe this is like or this is even farther out they're looking farther out than this but anyway so they lowered from 20 to 17 to 19 they lowered by one to three basis points very, very slight. They also, um, company expects operating margins of 25% and obviously the 30%. So they lowered margins slightly as well. Both slight, 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 like just a minuscule reduction in guidance. What do they do? They knocked 25 points off the stock here this morning. It is absolutely hammered. This is just evidence that this market cannot handle bad news still. If you think all the bad news is priced in, a 3% margin reduction equals a 10% fall in the stock? No thank you to owning stocks if this is the way this earnings season is going to be because you're going to have – think about who warned at the end of last earnings season. We had Nucor. We had the airlines because of oil. You know, We had multiple warnings from different sectors. Now you get a slight warning from a tech stock, a cloud player. And they knock 10%, 25 points off the stock for that? That's a lot of, of money being lost for that slight reduction. Why are they doing that, you ask? Well, one, Workday's P is 40, so obviously priced for perfection. Two, it hasn't really been hit yet. So like my evidence saying they're coming for the leaders, well, this was pretty much a leader because it hasn't nice really been hit very hard. Yeah. It hasn't really been hit very hard. I mean, it's down in the last three weeks, but it's still up from July, August. There's a lot of stocks making new 50, new lows you know, on the year, and there's a lot of stocks making new lows in the last few months. This one's held up well. Well, boom. And one day, that's all gone because they lowered margin guidance by 
I think you're going to see a lot of stocks have some conservative guidance going forward. And if they're going to hammer stocks 10% on conservative guidance, I want no part of owning stocks. And uh, man, how many times have we said, oh, there looks like a head and shoulders top. If you look at your upper right chart there, there that's you go. The, uh, now they're head guidance and shoulders makes top. it happen. Yeah, uh, I, man, these things get going in one direction. It just seems like it hasn't been the thing to, like, you know, try and buy the dip. Uh, but anyways, with it down 25 bucks, I mean, if you're shortening it in the hole, then what you want to see it work its way into this. Uh, get The pre-market low is just above 203. So that's your first potential area of support. And then on the dailies, I'm going to give you a zone here. And that zone is going to be right around 200. You got a little gap to fill under that. You had a couple daily lows uh, just above it. So that's what I'd be looking if you're trying to buy the dip. On a rip, if, man, who knows? This thing is really hasn't bounced. Actually, you're at your highest level uh, since uh, you made that pre-market low. But let's call 200 uh, three-star. I'd say the first time down to that $200 area, you could get a bounce. But down... 25 points on this joel i mean this is not that bad of news this mm -hmm. is not that bad it could be a hell of a lot worse than this so i think the micron news was actually that bad. i was just gonna go to that uh, um, yeah. and let's go to the micron report here um this is not good either uh but you know they're being somewhat forgiving on micron because expectations were already in the gutter money mitch give us the details here give us your thoughts here too because you're quiet in the background. Give us the details on Micron, then maybe give us your thoughts here just on you know this overall tech market here. Yeah, Micron Technologies Q4 adjusted EPS coming in here at a loss of a dollar and seven cents, but beats the loss of a dollar eighteen estimate. Sales of four point zero one billion beat the three point nine one billion estimate. They do see Q1 adjusted EPS at a loss of a dollar fourteen to a loss of one dollar. Versus the loss of estimate 90 cents. So definitely a little bit worse on that guidance for EPS. Revenue guidance here at 4.2 billion to 4.6 billion versus a 3.97 billion estimate. So also not doing well here. They did declare a 0.115 dividend. Don't know how that's going to help them much. But I think what you're pointing to here is such a important theme to catch, right? It's not only necessarily for Micron, but it seems to me like things are coming more in line with the fundamentals. For a while there, we were riding story on yes. that AI move, and now we're moving back into the fundamentals where they matter. And I think that this is important for especially newer investors or traders to learn is that things kind of flow. Sometimes technicals lead, sometimes story leads. It seems like fundamentals is starting to take over. It is. And what happens is when the story cools off, which it has cooled off on everything, the AI story is ice cold right now. Not saying it's dead, but it's ice cold. It's not making stocks pop. Amazon has that little $1 pop on the AI story as a selling opportunity and stock goes straight down for three days. So great point, Money Mitch. When they start to reconnect with fundamentals, it can get ugly. Let's just give this perspective. And maybe Micron bounces back because we know this business is very cyclical. This is a business that makes a lot of money in the good times and loses a lot of money in the bad times. But just talking right from the call, we expect a challenging market environment in the fourth quarter of 2022 and in the first quarter, no, sorry, this in the fourth quarter of 2023 and the first quarter of 2024. They expect free, wait a second, no, I'm just trying to find it here, sorry. Sorry, I'm on the wrong, I'm on the wrong thing here. I'm trying to find it here, but in any regard here, Sorry, I'm reading from an old report. I had the wrong report up there. But anyways, they're going to be cash flow negative here. So cash flow negative, which means they're burning cash. They're still burning cash. And they expect the challenging environment to continue for the foreseeable future. Didn't really give, you know, when they're going to start actually making money again here, which is a concern. When they're making money, they're making good money. Like this thing can, was making what? was Bring up the earnings on the pros. It would be a good exercise. You can see how cyclical this is. Money, Mitch, can you show us the earnings yeah, on the pro on this? Yeah, take two seconds. Mitch is going to bring that up. Joel, give us quick technicals, but I just want to make my point how cyclical the earnings are at Micron. Uh, you had a dip, but you're quite a bit off the pre-market low. If you were waiting for a gap fill uh, from August, uh, you needed to get down to 64.39 and what do you know? In the pre-market, they take it down to sixty-four forty. So you're a buck fifty off that level. So I, I think there's already been a little bit of a bounce here. 
Uh, I'll use the bottom of yesterday's range as resistance at 66.75. That's a buck away. And it just kind of feels, you know, the fact that we're that far off the low, I think that if you do get anywhere near that pre-market low again, I expect that to be a uh, decent support too. Uh, Mitch, do you have the uh, the cyclicality of earnings for this? Can one? we zoom into this for us blind people? Yeah, yeah. Just I'll, I'll put it big here. It's just uh, yeah. It, go it's, even it's taking away that. the dates here on the left. When That's I zoom okay. In, we just know it's the last. I got quarter, you guys. So I'm going to zoom in here and give you guys the last couple quarters. Here you guys see them on the EPS yeah. side right Look here, the and EPS. then the revenue yep. side here. And so you can see how they were actually getting a nice little jump here. Uh, and this was getting up there even to eight billion. Now look where the revenues oh at gosh. half of that, half of that, right? And half I think that, that 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 tells us a, a, a big part half. of the cyclicality of these earnings, right? So you're going to see spikes, but you're also going to see declines here. Very similar. If you roll back a little bit further, look, just a couple years back, eight billion, and then it went back down to four. So it doesn't mean that it can't go back to eight billion, yeah. right? And it will come but back up. But it does show that it has its flow, right? It goes from a spike of a high and then slowly trickles down and then comes back. So that's something that we can be looking for in Micron. But I guess this we have a great person to talk about this with. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on our guest today. We got Mark Chaikin in the back. You guys smash the like. Let's get to it. Mark, how are we doing today? It's good to have you. Let's get into this conversation. Of course, Micron earnings coming out. It seems like the market's coming more in tune with fundamentals. What are you seeing out in the markets, Mark? Uh, first of all, what are you seeing pre-market and Micron? I just um... uh, It's down just two bucks. It's actually holding on quite well considering the guidance was not yeah, good. I mean, and the stock is holding up actually quite well, I think. Looking at... Um, a one-year chart, you're maintaining an uptrend. Today, I'll you know test the lower volatility bands if they're down too. But this stock is it looks better than a lot of other tech stocks. I'll tell you that. What are your but, thoughts? Let's go to other tech stocks overall here. Just give us your thoughts first on you know go QQQ if you want. What do you think of the overall market? I mean, we've had a pretty serious quick correction, and I mean quick like. It happened really like a blink, like 10 days here. It's gotten pretty ugly for a lot of individual stocks. And the NASDAQ itself has come down substantially from what we look like. We were getting very close to, you know, the all-time highs in early September. September was a month to forget. We lose about 9% from where we were at the highs. And I'm and just looking at the cues here. What are your thoughts here, Mark? I think we're in a seasonal period where we th we knew or expected uh, weakness, choppiness into September into October, and uh, I think we're setting up for a low, but it's probably going to come at the 200-day uh, average, and if it breaks that, you'll get some waterfall sort of mechanical selling, but um, we probably would have held at a little higher level, except for the talking heads on uh, Tuesday. Um, I only saw an Neil Kashkari, who, by the way, then did a, a, a pivot the next day <laughs> where he said uh, on Tuesday, lots of rate hikes, maybe 7%. And then on Wednesday, he said, well, with a strike and uh, shut down of the government, maybe we won't have to. So that's stupid. But even more important, Jamie Dimon said 7% on Tuesday. I don't think that got as widely publicized as the Kashkari comment. Those are pretty tough headwinds for the market. So uh, you're coming into quarter end and there'll be uh, some rebalancing. I think you get a bounce because you're massively oversold. Every yeah. index, every sector except for energy is oversold. So uh, you get a bounce, but I, I do think that the final low will be in early October. And as, right. long, as long as we hold, hold above 10% drop, which would be 460 points on the S&P. So that's 4140. I think uh, we're fine. Now, if you look at the shorter term action in the S&P, it sure looks like a three wave move is in the process of being completed. Uh, we're on the line with uh, Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics, joins the show every two weeks to give his technical and fundamental outlook on the markets. Uh, <sighs> 
Mark, I, the information that we got from Paul, I believe, last week, and I, I mean, I hear these fatheads talking during the day, and you're right. One says one thing, one says the other thing. But did we really get any new information? I mean, for the, all those people that were talking about a pause and a pivot, and now you're talking 7%, when is the market going to come to grips with reality that rates are going to, they're going to be in this area for a really long time? And they're not going up to seven and they're not going down to two and a half, three. At least that's my viewpoint. Did, did we really get that much new information last week from Paul? Well, what we got was an affirmation of higher for longer. Uh, and that I think the price action of the, the summer, July into uh, call it September 1st, secondary peak was a reflection of we're going to get three or four cuts in 2024. And it's clear that that's not happening. I, it's hard for me to believe, but with the Fed, anything's possible that having almost broken the economy back in March, that they would do it again because 7% would break the economy. I mean, come on. You, you get a deep recession if you get 7% interest rates. I don't think they're going there. Maybe you get to six, which was a lot higher, half a point higher than I thought we'd get. But you know, if you look at uh, check and money flow, there was enormous distribution at the end of September, at the end of August. I didn't comment on it here on the show, my bad, uh, both in the indices and in individual names, big names like Apple and Amazon, a lot of distribution, meaning that people were selling them all through the month of August. And I think what you're getting is people sitting on their hands, the algos are in control temporarily. And I do think it makes sense to maintain a bullish posture. We have a bit of a buyer's strike here. And I'm going to argue with you, Mark, that this is an extreme fear and extreme selling. And everybody's like, get me out of stocks. They're going to zero. This is kind of a buyer's strike because you've had those bears that have been out there. The Peter Schiff's, who's Peter Schiff's calling for a a recession worse than the you know the great financial crisis of 2008 which is insane to call for that at this point in time um you've got those perennial bears that are just out there forever um they're still out there i'm kind of you know been a bit bearish not not full bearish but on the bearish side for sure and playing cautiously but what you had before driving this bus in the whole first half was the momentum traders the bulls you know just jumping on the bandwagon and looking at charts and going and, you know, and some of those are very notable people we have on the show. J.C. Peretz, you know, has kind of turned a bit. The momentum has turned. You have, um, you know, Scott Redler, who we've had on the show a lot of times. He's turned. He's in cash right now, you know, sitting back. So you've got a lot of these momentum traders. Momentum has broken. How do you get those momentum traders back in the market to once again start thinking about, you know, new all-time highs? You've got to go through levels, but also uh, when you're in a situation where everything is oversold, I start to look at the sentiment indicators and the CNN fear and greed index is an extreme fear. So my, my point is, is it though, yeah. like, and, and I challenge, yeah, I was just having an no, argument. It is. It, 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 that, and, and then the, the indicator is really a poor indicator because I'm not feeling extreme fear out here. I've been through extreme fear. I've been in this market for 23 years, extreme fear, financial crisis, extreme fear, um, obviously, when we had the COVID, you know, shutdowns, those are extreme fears. The VIX is at 18. I mean, this is an extreme fear. Well, VIX extreme at 27, fear in, a, extreme 30, fear in the bond market, Dennis. That's, um, I'm just saying, like, even looking at that, though, like with equities holding up as well, this doesn't feel like it's an extreme fear market. I still hear half the analysts coming on CNBC talking about a soft landing. I mean, once, so I'm just challenging how they're calculating that because. We don't know what goes into the CNN metrics to figure yeah, out. Yeah, we do. Know. No, we do. It's it's well, what uh, is it? published. Oh, it's a, it's advanced decline lines, new highs. It's bonds versus stocks. It's 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 very transparent. I'll uh, say right now, it's wrong. We are not in extreme fears. I've traded and day traded this market, made millions of trades. Not like a million dollars worth of trade. I've made millions of physical trades in this market. This market is not an extreme fear market right now. It's not even close. So that CNN indicator, whatever they're putting in there, it's, it's, just, it's just not right. We're not an extreme fear. So I will argue all day on that point, Mark, that this is just not an extreme fear market. We're at 18 on the VIX. It's elevated, elevated fear for sure. More fear than like, 
you know, let's you know jump in here and buy stocks. But I just don't feel extreme fear. Joel, do you feel extreme fear out there? No, 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 no. I think that's crazy. I mean, you got to come in. I mean, Dennis, I think we're a little bit jaded, you know, because, you know, we come in and something's not, you know, 50, 60 handles lower, you know, touching limits and whatnot. I mean, no, I think it's uh, it's just a choppy, indecisive market. We do have some numbers coming up here. Uh, at eight thirty, but uh, yeah, let's let know, Mark finish his thoughts. I just yeah, want to like, I yeah, just don't so, agree with that. Yeah, so the reason I bring up a sentiment indicator, which I don't normally rely on, is you're entering the seasonal period where markets are expected to bottom. You know, October fourth for the seventh is my best guess. Uh, you have broken the lower volatility bands. Uh, you had a very heavy volume day in the S&P. So my overall thing is, if you're a trader, sure, sit on your hands and let the market come to you. If you're an investor, don't give up your core holdings. So you've got to always know who your audience is. So for me, if you're an investor and you have some cash, a good point. Look for opportunities. They still exist in the construction stocks like FIX and EME and some of the smaller cap names. There are some tech stocks like Nutanix that have popped up on my radar screen, uh, an old favorite that's acting very well. So there are special names that you can buy if you're talking about the big indices, sure. But one thing to notice is the equal weighted S&P broke down a long time ago. It's, it's leading the cap-weighted or normal S&P by about a month. So uh, that does speak to what you're uh, experiencing, just that traders have left the market. The bids are out, are, are gone. But that's also a level of fear that uh, is not apparent if you're just looking at the S&P 500. But the equal-weighted is, is really doggy. And All I right, don't Mark. trade bonds, so I'm not going to comment. I trade the TLT, so I can feel that. And that's pretty oversold. And I'll, yeah. I'm with you on the oversold. I'm just challenging that this is like everyone's thrown in the towel and they can't take it anymore market. I don't think we're in that no, yet. It's and, it's and that's where I would say extreme fear. So I think like, don't, I think it could get worse before it gets better. But again, I've, I've, I've said this too, Mark, and I know we got the data coming up here. you got here. 30 seconds. We, got we've got 30 the seconds. Fed that's got so many bullets in the chamber here now. I don't think we're going back down to the October lows because I think the Fed would just pivot and that would turn this market around on a dime. So that's the reason not to get extremely bearish. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. We got to let you go. Yep. We got some 830 numbers. Mark Chicken, Chicken Analytics. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Thanks, Mark. Uh, trading near the, uh, not uh, just off the highs of the session, we're up five and a quarter handles going into uh, the data. Mitch, do you have time to give a preview here, or are we just going to yeah. watch the price action? Well, we'll watch it as it hits, right? But initial jobless claims estimate is 217,000, and then GDP is where I'll be focused on. Quarter two estimate at 2.2 prior 2.0. We'll see what happens as it comes in here, but let's see if we get a lower number than 2.0 or a higher number than 2.2, uh, right? So lower than the prior or higher than the estimate. Let's see what we get here. Coming in. All right. So GDP coming in here at 2.1 versus 2.1 estimate. So it looks like the estimate moved down slightly there, uh, but 2.0 prior. So coming in in line on that. Then I look at initial jobless claims, 204,000 versus 215,000 estimate. Still not seeing the jump in initial jobless claims. Um, we're just not seeing it, right? And I think that we would start to see it's something. Not breaking this market, it's uh, they're not busting this economy yet, even with rates. We uh, we had a slight dip. We are approaching the uh, the pre market high at twenty six and a half. So there's a good parameter. Uh, they're digesting these numbers and they're saying, hey, you know, throw some more at us, Fed, because we can handle it. Inline GDP, yeah. I guess it missed two point one. That the market that. The economy, so far, the economy is absorbing what the Fed's showing at it. Dennis, a little bit of a dip there, uh, but now right up near the highs of the pre-market session. How does Mark, Mark made some great points? Like I didn't extreme, I, I agree with the extreme fear that he's taking from CMN, but he made some great points here. And we are oversold. I mean, we, me and you, Joel, thought we were oversold at 430, and then we just went down to 422. We're still oversold. 
you know, is there a bounce in the cards? Yes. Is this like the buying opportunity of all time? I don't think so. So I'm buying no stocks in the long-term portfolio, but trading cautiously from the long side. And it's been wrong. I tried to play a bounce two days ago and I got stopped out on all of it. So, I mean, I do think there's opportunities for still traders market to bounce in here. I think we got room up to 430. I think on maybe even today. Because we've, we've caught the bears a little bit with that rally yesterday, Joel, just putting my day trading short-term hat on. We caught the bears a little bit. The 422 to 427 came very quickly. Backing and filling overnight here. And now we're starting to go back up there again. I think we got room to 430, potentially even today. But at 430, I'd be unloading any stocks that I bought. And uh, at 430 on the S&P, I probably am looking more at what can I sell as opposed to what can I buy. All right, I want to add here some conversation from the GDP report. I'm going to go ahead and put a graph on the screen here. This is GDP overall and the percentage change. And I also want to give you guys some highlights here. So it looks like the increase in GDP was driven by non-residential fixed investment, consumer spending, and state and local government spending. Uh, partially offset by the decrease in exports, consumer spending has decelerated, exports declined, and federal government spending slowed in the second quarter. Um, so these are all the things that are kind of coming in, in play here. Uh, there's other conversation that's in the GDP report. Real GDP increased at an average rate of 2.2% from uh, 2017 to 2022. Uh, real GD GDI increased at an average annual rate of 2.3 over that same period. So definitely seeing that consumer, and it's already saying it here, consumer spending decelerating, exports declining, and some federal government spending slowing down. So in the report, they're already saying the consumer slowing down, right? Is there, Slightly, a, yeah. is there a way to maybe go after that kind of trade? Something here that we can maybe go off I of think, GDP. I think, we're, I think we are due for a little relief pop here, but I think the main point here is the consumer is starting to feel the crunch from higher rates. And if the rates are here to stay and the rates continue to go down, I do think that you can't get real bullish this market until the TLT starts to turn around. Keep the TLT on your screen because it's been rates that have been the driver of this recent sell-off in the market. So there's absolutely no doubt. TLT started breaking down and, you know, it never rallied. So when we had the big rally in, you know, July and June and July, the TLT was just meandering, kind of going sideways. And we said that was a concern. And then we started to roll over basically in August on the TLT. Well, you know what? Equities followed suit within a couple of days. And then the TLTs went from 100 to 88. And the equity markets, SPIs went from four all-time highs up at 460 down to 427. So in normalized markets where we're not so dependent, you know, we've been in this low rate environment forever. So there's always, you know, this inverse correlation between the TLT and stocks because the stocks sell off fear. I have to buy TLT and bonds because I want to be safe. I want to be in cash. I want to be, you know, where, where it's safe to be. This is not normalized markets, though. We're in a markets that are, for the first time in 20 years, very interest rate sensitive. And we higher rates is what has put us into this you know, recent equity sell-off. And it's going to need to get lower rates to get us out of here. So until the TLT actually starts to sustain a rally, it's hard to get really bullish stock. So that's going to be my tell. When the TLT gets back up and starts like ripping through 90, 91, 92 and starts going, I think that can actually turn the equity markets around. So I would keep TLT on my screen, even if you're not a bond trader. I don't know if you're going to need necessarily that kind of rip and rally in the TLT, but at least get it stop going down. It doesn't stop know? going down. So, <laughs> yeah. so no reason to buy stocks when this, look, bring up the two charts up, Joel. Like, bring it this up, is... August and September. I mean, the TLT and the SPY, Besides the little blip at the end of August, you know, that we had the little uptick to just sucker in more longs, and that's what it was. The end of August was indeed a sucker's rally. We can see that now because we're much lower than that. Um, you know, there's really been no real blip up, but those two charts are very similar. So you cannot argue the recent positive correlation between the TLT and the spot. And the TLT feels like it's leading. This is definitely a conversation, but let's bring us to one that is going to interest Joel. I know Lululemon Peloton announcing a five-year global partnership, Lulu, to become Peloton's 
primary apparel partner peloton to become exclusive digital fitness content provider for lululemon uh, peloton will develop all the content for lululemon studio beginning early 2024 can this turn the bike around getting a little pop but uh got to six bucks in the after hour off the news but when you see a move like that, then you sell off 75 cents. It's not a great technical indicator uh, or great technical sign. Kind of holding it here at uh, at five and a quarter. I mean, is it it's good news? Is it great news? No, I don't think it's great news at all. But uh, keep this an eye is, on pre-market high. Uh, and, and I'll take the exact opposite opinion on this. This news cannot be better for Peloton. This news cannot. This is the whale. This is like the best contract that they could possibly get. You know, Lululemon, which is obviously, you know, we've talked about the resilience of the consumer and they still go there. They cannot partner with a better partner for them. And the stock's still giving back most of the gains. If the stock can't rally on this, the stock is not going to rally on anything. That's what I will say. So it is up 13%. And if you are a bull for Peloton, you better see it start to get back up towards that six bucks in a hurry. Because if it does not, the news cannot get better for Peloton. To say that again, this is the truth. This was huge news for Peloton. And it popped 35% on it. The algos had it up 35% instantly. But you know what? Then the algos realized we're not in 2020 anymore. And we realized the overhead supply issue. And we realized that Peloton has an issue of they may never make money again if they ever made money. And Peloton has an issue of like burning cash. Peloton has a lot of issues. Is Lululemon the savior? Well, it's a potential savior, but that's a stretch. I still think Peloton is going to go bankrupt. So I'm not buying this rip on it. I'm telling you, if it can't rally today on this, this is just another nail in the coffin. So it better rally today on this. If it doesn't, you don't want any part of this. Well, it is up 60 cents if you're just looking for a fade and, you know, just like... Everyone just forget about the news. It should come down and touch uh, the top of yesterday's range at 479, 481, actually your two highs. So we'll make that support for now. Like I said, it's just disappointing when you get a pop like that at six bucks and then uh, you fall back. But someone someone has an inkling here at five and a quarter right now. They've been uh, absorbing whatever offers have been coming at this, uh, at this area. So Look at a gap fill on that, but six bucks. I mean, even if you're looking at the daily here, uh, early September, you had a gap down at six bucks. That almost fills the gap. So I wouldn't get too bullish in this until uh, we could get above uh, six bucks. Let's keep it moving to CarMax. Oh. Oh Hit goodness. the horn, guys. CarMax EPS here, 75 cents, misses the 78 cent estimate. Sales of 7.7 billion beat the 7.03 billion estimate. CarMax retail use unit sales decreased 7.4% year over year. Oh. Comparable stores use unit sales declined 9% year over year. Wholesales units declined 11.2% year over year. Anything else declining just doesn't look good here. The consumer is crunched. The consumer is starting to run out of money for big ticket stuff. And even, you know, where we've been saying GM and Ford are going to have a problem, the used car market, I think, is going to have problems too. Because yeah, Ford that's what I was like, talking with Carvana yesterday. Like, I just, yeah. you know, are they both going to have issues or is one going to do better than the other? I think they both run into problems too. I, I just think the consumer isn't going to have the cash they did last year. They're starting to get more crunched. Their savings are now gone. So, and again, just, you know, taking it back to Canada, which is a completely different situation than the U.S., but um, multiple people I follow, Rob McLister is a great one there too. Rates are still rising in Canada here. And it's becoming a serious issue because in Canada, the banks basically give out five-year fixed loans at the most. Five-year was like max term. Well, we're a year or two into this. So they're starting to see like next year, you're going to have some loans come and do and pay people's interest rates where they've got two and a half percent on their mortgage. It's going to jump up to 7%. That's just going to stop their spending in its tracks. When you, when you're, yeah. and, and again, they've extended amortizations for some people who, so they're trying to find a way to keep the consumer going. But these higher interest rates are starting to show up here and it's showing up in the big ticket stuff. KMX earnings, same thing here. We're starting to see warnings. And I mean, this isn't even that serious of a miss. It misses by three cents and the revenue actually beat. And they punish the stock for 12%. 
they're unforgiving of earnings misses. And they're going to have, this market's going to have to be a little more forgiving here because we're coming into earnings season. And I think the guidance is not going to be that good from a lot of companies coming in this earnings season. So if this market's still going to punish like Workday down 25 points for a 3% margin miss or CarMax is going to punish it down 12% for a 2 cent earnings miss, we got problems going in this earnings season. So sentiment had better change for that. This, but they better start finding reasons to buy stocks instead of finding reasons to sell stocks. Well, what about Delta? They came out with all the good news, and uh, I believe good guy. They ended up backtracking that a little bit, but uh, all gone. Yeah, all the, gone. The entire and, game and from some. Delta when the CEO was on CNBC and say it's never been better. When the CEO comes on CNBC, here's a, a tip for you. When the CEO comes on CNBC and tells you it's never been better, that means it ain't going to get any better from here. It can only get worse. And that's your selling opportunity. When you hear it's <laughs> that's never what he's really better, saying, right? <laughs> it's like oil. Oh, we're going to $200. Yeah, we're going to keep going up forever. You know, it doesn't matter. The consumer's running out of cash. It doesn't matter that we're going to maybe go into a recession here. Oil's just going to go up forever. Really? Is it? Is it? Let's Man, take they a whack. Yeah, they whacked. I just want a quick technical yeah, outlook. I mean, you got down to 68.20, and uh, that is an area, I'd say under 70 bucks. The bulls need to step up between 68 and 70. I see a daily low at 69.30. Uh, your pop, if you're looking for more, like if you're trying to buy the dip on this, right now your rebound high has only been $72. So still looks like there's this... A lot of pressure on them. Let's see if uh, we can form a bid. As I said, uh, sixty-eight twenty is just a couple bucks, just two bucks away from here. All right, let's get into some future earnings that are coming up. Nike will be having earnings after the bell today. And here's the Nike kind of earnings that we've been seeing, right? One thing that at least I can say from their earnings is I can see that EPS slowly but surely moving in the wrong direction. So yeah. that shows me more and more how maybe their margins are getting compressed. They're still being able to hit like kind of all-time highs or near all-time highs on revenue outlook, but that EPS slowly is going down. Here's the issue. You just hit the nail on the head is what we have had is inflation and everything. And what we are having now is labor inflation because labor inflation lags. Why does it lag? Because people, when stuff starts going up and commodity prices start going up, they're like, oh, I can't afford as much, you know? And then they start thinking about it. It's like, well, I'm going to ask my boss for a raise. It takes some time to like get the guts to ask your boss for a raise. Or, you know, it takes time for unions to negotiate new raises. With labor and, and labor inflation lags what, you know, product inflation is. Now we're into that cycle. We're into the labor inflation cycle. I mean, UPS, huge labor. Well, what's that doing? It's killing the stocks. It's killing their margins. So, I mean, this is going to be the issue that we're going to have is everybody wants a raise. Prices, labor prices are going to go up. But if you get consumer demand coming down at the same time, you're in a perfect storm. That's why yeah. it's hard to get really super bullish. I don't see a recipe for us to go to all-time highs. That's why I'm still a seller of rallies here overall. Again, are we oversold? Yeah. Can we dead cap bounce here? Sure. But, you know, am I coming in and loading up stocks, my long-term portfolio? We're going back to all-time highs? No, because this labor inflation is going to be deadly. I mean, this UAW deal, Whatever they strike it for GM and Ford is going to kill them. Their margins, you know, where they've been raking it in, man, I'm raking it in. Well, you know what? The UAW saw they were raking it in too, and they're going to take a big chunk of that raking it in profits here. And that E is going to start going way down for Ford and GM. And that's going to kill, you know, the, the stocks because you're sitting there thinking, oh, it's a P of six. How can I go wrong? Well, earnings get cut in half. It's a P of 12. Earnings get cut even more than that could get ugly in a hurry so especially if sales fall off the cliff so labor inflation is the issue money mitch you are correct that's what what we're seeing across the board it's going to be margins getting squeezed that's going to be the story of 2024 is margins getting squeezed and, and the uh the revenues are going up because they're they're higher prices right it's just well that's the only reason the revenues we keep talking about how good you know it's been but that's a fantastic point. The main reason that a lot of these companies are sitting here at record sales because they're just charging more for the stuff. We they're are taking that. Us. Watch your bids. Watch your bids we out just there. Went red again. We can't yeah, even we hold just... a bloody rally for 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm our like, leadership is looking up, good either. We're going to get a rally. I want to sell some stocks. Give me a rally. No, no, no. You don't get a rally. You just get punished right back down and go red again here. 
Oh yeah, boy. We, uh, we, we can talk. Said, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Joe. I just want to, Kim. No, you're doing a great job, Mitch. I'm sorry, Mitch. Dennis, you are up. just on a roll today. I mean, you Some can see up. that. If we could have been buying the Dennis Rant calls at like seven fifty, I'd I'd just I'd just be bidding and bidding. Ranting moods. Yeah. Woo. Calm down. And all right. Uh, if you're waiting, just quick on Nike. You're you're the moment truth for Nike here. You're back at your November. 2022 low at right around the $89 area. Unfortunately, there's no monthly support in this thing until 8220, <laughs> uh, uh, double bottom 8240 area. So if you are playing this from the long side, play it, uh, play it close to the belt. If you want to just buy it on strength, just say, hey, send an alert. You get three closes above 91. Those are the highs from the last three sessions. Maybe I get a rally on that. Maybe use that as a resistance as we get a pop. And do you want to know why we're selling off right now? Do you want to know why the equity markets just dropped 15 handles in the last five minutes? Let us know, minutes? Dennis. Fill us in. Bring up the TLT. We just Bonds, rolled over again. Baby. Bonds. We just rolled over again. Look. Oh, boom. Pull the rug. Pull it. Bonds go Pull lower. It. Pull it. Down goes Frazier. Pull it. I'm proud. TLT. Bonds yep. leading the way once again. TLT. Did not even sniff green today. It's Richard, the lie dude. detector test on this market here right now. As the TLT <laughs> breaks down to new lows, it is not good for stocks here, folks. We are not in Kansas anymore. We are not in this contrarian market where, you know, TLT goes down and the markets go up. No, TLT goes down and the markets go down. The correlations, the algos got it wrong. It's positively correlated. It's been that way for the last six months and it's going to continue to be that way. We will not sustain any rally until the bonds start to lift. If the bonds continue to go down, Katie bar the door, it's going to continue to be ugly. I, I need a show where it's like uh, 18 and plus and Dennis can't hold back even on the language. That thing would sound like Jerry Springer here. <laughs> on the rants left and right, you would be hearing it, man. Uh, Dennis not holding not really. back today. Yeah, he's he's I'm not pretty a big clean. Swear. I got kids. Yeah, I know, I kid, know. Man. The kids, yeah. the kids' life, man. The kids clean me up. I used to drop. Some, remember, <laughs> I dropped the f bomb on the show when we first started. Yeah, I years got you, ago. Man. I was the only one that ever dropped the f bomb on the show. <laughs> yeah, but yeah let's the go kids to... have cleaned me up. That was what I what I used to say, like when my uh, when my kids would uh, swear, they'd, I'd say, you know. <laughs> Where'd you hear that? They're like, you. I'm like, oh, okay. where you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I better, I better clean that up. But uh, yeah, there we I go. Right do, do you want to hear a story on a swear word? It's a good one, actually. So my, I, my boy always crawled into her bed. He always come into her bed to sleep. It was like he maybe have been like just speaking, but he spoke pretty early. So it was just after like one year old. He had like three words. It was like mom, dad, and like. I don't know. It's like maybe poop or something. You know, it was like not very many words at all. And it was like 6.30 in the morning. I'm crawling out of bed. And it's dark. And then I'm coming back to the bed and I stub my toe on the on the dresser. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I stub my toe. And I'm like, and I go, oh, F word. Yeah. I go, oh. And the kid looks up at me and just not even hesitant goes, F word comes out of my mouth. Oh my god! I taught my 12-month-old the F word. It's the fourth word he ever had. I didn't say anything about it. I didn't even tell Laura. I didn't say anything. And thank goodness he never said it again. It didn't stick. But I'm like, oh my goodness! You know, here I am, half asleep, and I just taught my kid the F word. It's his fourth word. Oh, you can put that in this, you know, on a, a scrapbook. You know, oh, nice new new words. Mom, Dad, love you, and. <laughs> that was Love you. crazy. Uh, All right, but anyways, he didn't learn that word again until he was about five years old. So obviously, at, at they least, all know. He's eight it, years old now. They all out, know the words. You know? They just know they don't say it. But yeah, as long as they don't call you to school on that one, right? Uh, Carnival yeah. Cruise Lines here is going to be reporting earnings tomorrow before the bell. I saw mm. people asking in the chat why are the cruise lines going down. What is going on there? To tell you the truth, yeah. guys. We don't have a specific news, but I just think this is more and more how we were starting to see the consumer slow down. And some people were looking at like, you know, your average things like, let's say, Macy's, uh, KSS. But now it's even hitting everything, right? Travel, yeah. everything. You're seeing the airlines continuing to go down. It's an everything that's telling me that the consumer is really tight right now. I think so. Yeah. Cons consumer, mm. consumer, definitely. 
feeling the pinch a little bit more. We can see it. And it's just across industries, Mitch. Like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it started with airlines, with the sell, with the rise in oil prices, emergency yeah. getting squeezed there. But it has spilled into everything. So big ticket stuff more than anything, like the little stuff, and you know, just even like the food stocks. And I mean, again, that's a little bit of the Tina trade happening, but you see like General Mills. Have you seen like the sell off here? Like if you take your tech blinders off, your Apple blinders off and just look at other stocks, look at GIS. This is supposed to be a defensive stock that goes up when the market goes down. Look at that chart. In June, this was 90. It's $63. That's probably one of the biggest sell-offs in the history of General Mills. Not joking. You go back, there's probably not a lot of 25 to 30% sell-offs in the history of General Mills. Even during COVID, it never sold off like that at all. I mean, it started going up because people were all going to stay home and they were only going to eat cereal. But I mean, look at the long-term chart. When have we had a sell-off like that? Never. That's a 20-year chart. It's never sold off like that before. That's like insane. And that's again, pat myself on the back for this one. That is the lack of a Tina being yeah, out there. Exactly. Tina is dead. And, and, and why are you going to be, and we've been saying this on this show for the last six months, why be in consumer staples when you can get 5% in cash? So, and that's what it is. It's like cash, 3.67% general mills, take on market risk, watch my stock fall 28% or go in 5% and sleep comfortably at night. I'll take the 5%. The question is, at a certain point in time here, when you start to see the TLT start to come back up, the buying opportunity may not be in tech, folks. It may actually be in consumer staples because this is the sell-off. Like the General Mills is not going out of business. But margins are going to get squeezed here too, though. So there is some margins getting squeezed here as well because I'm sure labor costs are going to go up and how much can you charge for cereal? You can pass it through pretty good. People are still going to eat their cornflakes. But I, again, there's, you know, issues here. But that's just an unbelievable sell-off. That's the biggest sell-off Joel just showed on the charts in 20 years for General Mills. And it's got zero media coverage. And that's not all, right? Federal student loan payments restarting October 1st. So the consumer is going to be even more strapped. And this is after a three-and-a-half-year pause. Uh, I just wanted to mention, uh, you guys are you guys are killing me today. Uh, the uh, XLU tennis. Look at the utilities too. I Same mean, thing. Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Margins that are getting squeezed. My Enbridge sucks. That's the only one I did buy because it got up to nine percent dividend. I couldn't resist, or eight percent dividend, and I couldn't resist it. I guess it's seven point seven six. That's so not quite eight, but so that one's been crap. And obviously they did the deal. It was good until they did that deal and overpaid for all those assets from Dominion or wherever the hell it was. So, but utility has been crap too. I mean, that's the same thing. It's Tina killing them, man. No Tina. We wouldn't need, they need Tina back. They'll get it eventually. And that's going to be your buying opportunity. Yeah. And uh, iPhone has, uh, I've been hearing a lot of reports of overheating iPhones. Um, so uh, who knows? Maybe well, yeah, Apple has this? even more trouble up their alley, right? If iPhones start struggling and people start seeing more and more reports of iPhones overheating, will they stop lining up the doors, right? I mean... We'll see what well, happens there, but what it isn't looking good. with that? So they're plugging them the in and they're one? burning down? Yeah, no, they're, they're just, they're running hot. They're running hot. Like, have you ever grabbed your phone and you just felt yeah, like it's, it's like yeah. on fire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's happening to them a little bit more often right now. And some people are, are kind of measuring the heat that it's giving out and it's definitely jumping. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, if there's particular like oh, maybe boy. programming, they can adjust to fix this. But for right now, a lot of people are complaining about overheating iPhones. If that story runs hot, pun intended, if that story gets hot and this upgrade cycle isn't what Dan Ives believes it's going to be because Dan Ives is on CNBC and we like Dan. He comes on our show. Dan's a great guy. But I mean, I, I disagree with him on the Apple. If if we don't have this huge you know upgrade cycle here for Apple, then that 30 PE, which is now down to 28, maybe it's down to 27 because the stock's been coming and I started trashing it was 30. Um, it's you know going to be an issue. Valuation will be an issue. They can't have earnings go down. You know, earnings haven't been growing at Apple for the last year and a half, but they can't have them start going down. That would be a major problem for a 28 times earnings. So um, again, more things to be concerned about. I'm with you, Money Mitch. I absolutely hate Apple at 169. I'm going to like Apple if it's lower, but at a certain point in time, I will like Apple again. Hate it, 195, 190, 185, 180, 175, 170. Still hate it. Think it's got a date with 160. 
We'll see what happens, but we don't want hot bones. Uh, the news flow on this just this can't be worse. I mean, it started out yeah. they hit it off our earnings, and then uh, China, you know, uh, coming after them by you know banning iPhones at work or whatever, and now this. So I mean, the news cycle. I did that also just you know speaking that you know the overall first thing I saw this morning when I come up and I looked at I mean all the big tech was in the red, you know, and those were the monsters. Those were the ones that like took us up. And we're the beast. And so until you, I mean, the, the sell-off and Amazon continues. Tesla probably, you know, has a date with the lower 200. I mean, we've lost, there's such a clear loss in leadership. Oh. Uh, besides all the other things that are going on, you just, you know, you lost your lead. And what was that big uh, rebalance that they did? Remember that, Dennis? And people had to uh, get yeah, out of NASDAQ some of the bigger. What, what, yeah, when was that? Because we were all mm, talking about how that could be a potential Top negative. Yeah. It was probably back there in June or July. I think we went up after that a bit, but I think we're we probably did. lower than that now. A lot lower. I mean, Mr. Yeah. Softy, yeah. I remember that holding the 320 level for a while. So put a you know a lot of other problems on there. We got uh, we got some losses. But bring up the QQQ chart. It's this perspective here once again. Bring it up here and look at the you know top right chart here. Or even the in bottom right chart. Look at the bottom right chart. Look at the recent sell-off. It doesn't even show up on that. It's nothing. You hardly see it. It's a blimp. It's a blimp. So if you think like that, we're in extreme fear and everybody's throwing in the towel we're just here. Started. There's only one way for stocks to go with that up. Give your head a shake. Because there is a lot of reason here for these stocks to possibly go a hell of a lot lower. We are not cheap. We are 27, 28, 30 times on Microsoft. What world are we in, man? Apple, again, I'm going to tell it one more time. 14 times, 13 times for the better part of that whole run-up. Because people will say how much it always goes up. It's fully valued, folks. Fully, fully, fully valued. 50% retracement of this fully, move would be... Fully, completely, tragically hip. Fully valued. 305? I did have Three, that up. on 305 well, or 325 I had, but it's kind of uh, close to that area. I mean... I don't know if, where where do you it, where do you start it, to figure the retracement from in this thing? I mean, yeah, I was looking at like the January the twenty three, like maybe the sixth date as the start that bottom oh, that date. Um, I mean, if you take it, it for the yearly low and a fifty percent retracement, the yearly low. I mean, that comes in in January two two sixty. And what mm -hmm. did you get up to? Uh, almost four. Did you get to 400? No. Uh, 390 maybe. 387.98. Yeah, that's that's 130 points. That's 65. That, 320. Yeah, right. 325, yeah. 320 yep. area. That, that, that area would only worth... give back. That's only giving back half of the gains. Half. You want to have a 10% fall? I don't want another 10% fall here. That's why I'm sitting in cash. Yeah, that could be 8%, 10% from here. So we'll see what happens. Last words, guys, for the market. It's been a great show today. Definitely a lot covered. Uh, yeah. What are you going to be looking at, Dennis? What's a good... Nothing matters except the TLT. Have it on your screen. It's the most important thing. It is down another $1.11 and in a free fall here again. So it is dragging the markets down. You equity markets will not sustain any rally, in my opinion, until we turn the TLT around. It will turn around, and that's going to be your buying opportunity. When you see that TLT just ripping through handles on the upside here, and it's like, oh, here it is. You'll know it. So we can say, oh, that was the bottom, or this was the bottom. Until TLT bottoms, it's not the bottom. That's my opinion. All right, All Joel, right. and uh, final outlook on the ES for us. Shoot, man, we, we're we're down uh, near the lows of the pre-market sessions. It's been a choppy two-way session. I I think I just have to look at yesterday's low at forty-two seventy-seven. I know that that's uh, still thirty handles away. That's just a must-hold level. Buyers need to step up ahead of that, or else we're going to be in for another freaky Friday. Uh, coming back on the upside, multiple closes at the 43.15 area, but we've already chopped through that. Uh, we got a lot of negative things out today, discussed a lot of things also with Mark Chaikin, but Statman Do will be here tomorrow. Ryan Dietrich uh, will be here and uh, perhaps give us a little bit more of a positive outlook for Q4. Uh, it should be an interesting day. So end your day at 3.30. Dennis will be joining me on the closing print. and. Uh, 
it was a wild 30 minutes yesterday. Tune in today and uh, see where the markets are setting up for Friday. Everyone have a good day. All right, Joel, you go do what you do best. Dennis, you my, you too, my friend, get after it. Triple D Trader, you guys can keep up with all the action. Now to bring you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. But I do want you guys to check out, of course, the Future of Digital Assets event. It's going to be in New York City. Don't miss it, guys. Who's in New York out there? Say hello in the chat. I want to kind of meet you guys. Definitely say hello. Put a thumbs up. Let's go ahead and check it out. A little trailer and then bring you guys over to live trading. I'll be ready to get after it. The question is, will you be ready? Come over. Let's see what you can do.